，愿大家平安。Peace to everyone。今天下午我们继续主要的主题，主所要的是什么 ？And our topic this afternoon is what does the Lord want？ 就是要穿白衣与主同行。And what does the Lord require of you to walk with the Lord in white garments？ 我们来看看圣灵对。撒迪教会所说的话。Let's take a look at what the Holy Spirit said to the church in Sardis. 我们看启示录的第三章。Let's turn to Revelation chapter three. 三章的第一节。Chapter three, verse one. One and to the angel of the church in Sardis write: These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. 圣灵写信给撒迪教会。Here the Holy Spirit wrote a letter to the church in Sardis. 那这里说啊，是神是七灵，还有七星。It says here that God is seven spirits and seven stars. 为什么说神的灵是七灵呢 ？Why do we say that God is seven spirits? 我们不是说神是独一的吗？为什么有七个灵 ？Do we not say that God is mono? There is only one of Him. 这里不是说神有七个灵。It doesn't mean that God has seven spirits. 而是启示录里面有很多象征的数字。Rather, in the book of Revelation, there are many symbolic numbers. Seven in the Bible represents completeness. So, God's spirit is complete. 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 The And therefore, all members of the church are under the guidance and protection of God. You can lie to others, but you can never lie to God. You can put on a superficial act, and others may see that you have good faith. However, you cannot deceive God. God can see the most, the innermost hidden desire of your heart. And he can see through you. So we cannot deceive God. And that is why we can never deceive God. This Sardis Church also cannot deceive God. And the church in Sardis cannot lie to God as well. Here, the Holy Spirit gives a very severe warning. Here, the Holy Spirit has given it a very severe warning. He says, "I know your works." God says, "I know your works." Again, the Spirit says, "I know everything." Again, the Spirit says, "I know everything." Again, the Spirit says, "I know everything." I know your goods. I know your bads as well. Your good deeds, they are easily seen by others. But the bad stuff will be hidden. Other people may not know of them, but God knows. And that is why the Spirit says, you have a name that you are alive. But you are dead. 这里就代表撒迪教会，就代表末世有一种信徒，就是叫做名存实亡的信徒。The church in Sardis represents a type of the members in the end days that even though they are alive, but they're actually dead. 或是有一些教会呢，哇，他很软弱，差不多都已经快死了。There are some churches, uh, they look, they are very weak and they're almost dying. 注意哦，我们不是讲别的教派啊、外邦啊那些信徒、那些教会，是讲真教会里面的。Please note that we are not talking about other Christian denominations, but but rather in true church. We are in God's true church. In the end times, there will be some people whose names are almost alive by name, but they are actually dead. These people are called dead members, and these churches are called dead churches. Why is this? How did this come about? Let us take a look at what does it mean by name you are alive. That is, these churches or these members, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Let's turn to 1 John 2, verse 12. 1 John 2, verse 12. Twelve. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. Here, the Elder John says, "Your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake." Here, the Elder John says, "Your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake." Here, the Elder John says, "Your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake." Here, the Elder John says, "Your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake." Here, the Elder John says, "Your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake." 
This is in accordance uh, to the teachings of the apostles. Why do people get baptized during the apostolic days? That is to wash away the sins. And in whose name were they baptized? They were baptized in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the only name in this world that can redeem our sins. And the name of Jesus is the name of the only God of salvation. And the name of Jesus is the name of the Father. And the name Jesus is also the name of the Son. And the name Jesus is also the name of the Holy Spirit. And that is why Elder John says here that by his name we our sins were forgiven. So this name is a living name. Those members who are baptized in the name of Lord Jesus in the true church, by name they are still alive. This is because the name of Jesus has been imprinted in us. And by the promise of the Holy Spirit that we have been guaranteed uh, salvation. Doesn't it make us outstanding? You enter into the true church, your sins are forgiven, you have also been blessed with the Holy Spirit. Your name is also enrolled in the book of the true church. And many members at this point will, will relax. I have received salvation. A majority of our members, while they were babies, they had been baptized into the church. I already have a part in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, it is true, you have been baptized. But does not mean that you're still alive. Because a portion or a part of our members, by name, they're alive, but actually they're dead. This is a very severe warning. Why is it that you're alive by name, but in fact you're dead? That is, your life, your daily living hasn't changed. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. So once a person believes in Christ, there should be a change in him. It's like unto a seed planted into the ground. And gradually, the seed will sprout and grow roots. And slowly becomes a little plant. And then they will flower and bear fruit. The plant will continuously change. However, if you, if you plant a seed, it sprouted a little and then stopped. No progress at all. Or that the seed did not even sprout. Did not, uh, the roots did not take uh, hold of the ground. So let me ask you, is this seed, is this seed alive or dead? And there's they're saying here that there are some Christians who have who have left the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. They have not set a foundation. They have not repent from dead works. And so they have to start with the doctrines of the very early to believe in Christ and to repent. And these members would be rather sympathetic. Because these members would be considered a dead member spiritually, and these churches would be considered a dead church. Uh, if you seen uh, uh, the, the heartbeat uh, of a diagram, the next slide. Slide number six. If the heart stops beating, um, it will be a flat line. 
there's no life left. So when we look at a church, we do not look at the number of membership or whether the church, the chapel itself is beautiful. How God sees a church is by whether there's life in that church. Why is it that the church has less and less life? Because of weak faith. There is faith, but there is no deed. Let's turn to James chapter 2, verse 17. James chapter 2, verse 17. 17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. 19, believe, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. There are two types of faith. One is a dead faith. That is no faith. Like unto the demons. Does the demons believe in God? Absolutely. They also believe that there is only one God. But will the demons follow the words of God? Absolutely not. They will uh, content with God. They refuse to submit to God. So that is a dead faith. The other kind of faith is a living faith. A faith that can be proven that it has life. So let us examine ourselves today. We have listened to so much sermons. Have we truly incorporated the words of God into our daily lives so that we experience a change? Let's turn to Gospel Matthew chapter 7. Chapter 7 verse 26. Chapter 7 verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 27. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Here uh, is a foolish man. And this foolish man built a house. He built his house on the sand or by the river bank. We know that to build a house by the river is wonderful, but the, the river bank is very soft. The scenery is wonderful. Uh, the foolish man would say, I choose to build my house by the river bank so that I can enjoy the view every day. And he does not want to uh, dig a foundation for his house because it's too troublesome. He wants to build his house quick. He wants to save time and save energy. He thought that he was smart and he would build his house in a very short period of time. And the rain came. And the floods came. The wind blew. And the house fell. This is the kind of faith that the members in the church of Sardis experience. Do they love? Do they like listening to the sermons? Yes, they do. And they will listen to all types of sermons that can even comment on which ones are good and bad. But listening but not doing it. They listen for the sake of listening. They enjoy the sermons. There are some members who came to the preacher and said, Preacher, I enjoy your sermon. Why do they say this? Uh, is the word of God for your enjoyment? The word of God is for you to listen and to do it. The word of God sometimes can be very harsh and can be very difficult for you to swallow. It seems to be like bitter medicine. And it's like unto a knife pierced into your heart. 
Yes, this message is about you. Yes, you are the useless man, you are the sinner. And when I go home, I have to rebuild my faith. I have to dig a foundation for it. But that is not what the, the members in the Church of Sardis did. They were foolish. By name, they were alive, but in fact, they have no deed. So the rain and the wind came. What does it mean? It means trials. It rained a lot. The weather is terrible. What does the floods mean? It refers to the trends of the world. What does the wind refer to? The winds refers to the sufferings. So when you add all these things up, the house fell. And today we may have a lot of members who are likened to the church in Sardis. If you open up the church membership, we have so many members. But how many people were actually observing the Sabbath every week? If you take a look at membership all over Canada, we have probably over a thousand members. But in every local church, how many members actually observe the Sabbath every week? We can probably take away 50%. And because they come to church does not mean that they will observe the teachings. They come to church to socialize. They don't want to pray and listen to the sermons in the church. And they will be sitting in the chapel, but from the very beginning of the sermon till the very end, they will be playing with their cell phone. If you look around this during sermon time, you see members whose head is always down, you, you would realize that they're actually playing with their phones. And, today, and many people nowadays may feel rather safe at home because the preacher cannot see you playing or they could say that I might as well not even turn on the computer. So I'll go, I will listen to the morning sermon and I will take a nap in the afternoon. Or I will go grocery shopping in the afternoon. So among those who do come to church on Sabbath days, how many actually will be observing and listening to the truth? And what about their lives from Monday to Fridays? So this is not a superficial thing. Only God can see it. And so the church in Sardis, by name, they're still alive, but in fact, they, have already, they are already dead in spirit. This is a very severe warning. Your name may be among the membership, but that does not mean your name is, on, is in the Book of Life. And at the very end, God will still sift and select. And God will choose again from those who are in this in the a membership list of Trudeau's church. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and verse 10. 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. 10. Nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkenness, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Here, Paul tells the Corinthian church, The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Did you not say that I have believed in the Lord and I can be claimed righteous? After you believe in Lord, you still have to have your deeds. By name, you are alive, but in fact, you are dead. The first is fornicators. Being very casual with sex. This is what the current society is like. Next is idolaters. They are worshipping some material 
uh, idols. 或是崇拜一些名人。Or worshiping some famous man or woman. 电影明星、富豪。For example, entertainers or actors, actresses or wealthy men. 再来，同性恋。Next, homosexuals. 同性恋的人也不能进神的国。Homosexuals will not enter into the heavenly kingdom. 圣经讲的都是那么清楚，你要变，你要。And the Bible is very clear on this. However, you want to interpret it, it's up to you. But this is how clear the message is from Paul. Next is thieves. You're taking things that do not belong to you. Liars. You lie to the government. Uh, recently, the government has a lot of subsidies. If you lie to the government to receive subsidies, that is also considered thievery. Covetous. Drunkards. Revilers. These people will not enter into the heavenly kingdom. So God does not look at whether you are baptized or not. Or whether you have received the Holy Spirit or you speak in tongue when you pray. God looks at your deeds. So we have members who are likened to Sardis. They are by name, they are alive. In fact, they are dead. And in those days, a majority of the members in the Church of Sardis are dead spiritually. So there are three types of members in the Church of Sardis. One, they are already dead. No hope for them. Two, second part. Let's turn back to Revelation chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 2. Verse 2, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. And the second type are people who are about to die. We know that people who are about to die, their heartbeat is slow, their blood pressure is low, and they are very weak physically. These are people who are severely ill. And recently in the news, we know that India is overcome with COVID-19, and you see a lot of the people there were very weak from suffering from COVID. If they were not given oxygen, they could have died. So the second type of people in this Sardis教会 is almost dead, almost dead, they cannot last long. So the second type of people in this Sardis教会 is almost dead, almost dead, they cannot last long. But even though they are almost dead, they cannot last long. Even though they are almost dead, but they have not given up their last breath. So, uh, the church could still attempt to strengthen them to see if they can return back to their health. The third type, verse 4. You have a few names, even as artists, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white. For they are worthy. And the third type of members are few in names, a few in numbers, sorry, and they insist on not defiling their garments. The entire church was very weak. And everyone behaved badly. And the church was chaotic. Do not forget that the church in Sardis still belongs to the true God. Even though they belong to the true God, they have terrible conduct. Whose problem is this? It's not God's. It's their problem, members. Today, if you see that the church is being very weak, and do not complain why God isn't in the church. If this is the true church, how, how could these things happen? And take a look at into the Bible. The church in Sardis belongs to God, and they, they are still facing similar problems. But the Holy Spirit knows. 
and the Holy Spirit encourage those who have not defiled their garments. These people are very precious. Majority of the members are weak, but they have maintained their faith. So let me ask you, of the three groups of members in Sardis, which group are you in? Are you the ones who are dead? About to die? Or you are the third kind, those who have not defiled our garments. We hope that you are the last group that you have maintained to the very end. And then you shall be clothed in white and walk with God. But what about those who are half dead and half alive? And the book of Revelation chapter 3 tells them that these people should do three things. Uh, uh, At first, they have to wake up. 再来呢,他们要改变自己的行为,要shape they should shape up. 再来呢,他们要接近自己. And then they should uh, cleanse themselves. 好,我们来看看,要警醒。So first is to wake up. 我们来看看怎么警醒。how do we uh, wake up, wake them up? Let's go to chapter 3, verse 2. Revelation chapter 3, verse 2. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. And here, the Holy Spirit wants us to wake those people who are ready to die. Spiritually, they are already dozing off. They are very weak. They are almost gone. We know that after lunch, this afternoon session tends to be quite tiring. And sometimes halfway through the sermon, we'll, we'll doze off. If you are driving and you wanted to, uh, and you're almost dozing off, it's very dangerous. It's easy to cause an accident. And spiritually speaking, if you're dozing off in spirit, it's also very dangerous. According to a parable of Jesus, Majority of the members prior to the coming of our Lord Jesus in that very critical and dangerous hours, they will be falling asleep. This is very clear in the parable of the ten virgins. Ten virgins all fell asleep. The only difference, five of them were wise. And they may have fallen asleep, but they have prepared extra oil. They still, they were still somewhat prepared. They were still somewhat alert. And the Lord Jesus is coming, they should quickly get themselves ready. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. Verse 11 to verse 13. Matthew chapter 25, verse 11 to verse 13. 11 afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. 12. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. 13. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. The conclusion of this parable was that the bridegroom was delayed in coming, but he did come. When he arrived, in fact, the ten virgins were sleeping. But five were wise enough to prepare extra oil. So they can quickly get ready and be welcomed into the wedding. The other five, they, were, they fell asleep, but they did not prepare extra oil. They were completely unprepared for the coming of the Lord. And therefore, they were shut out. So let us ask ourselves, The pandemic has been going on for a year and a half. Let us ask ourselves, are we even more alert or are we uh, less alert? It depends on your attitude during the service. You can judge yourself. Are you getting less, uh, more and more relaxed? 
you probably don't even have the desire to turn on. Or that your prayers at home are getting shorter and shorter. We don't know what you're busy doing, but you spend very little time praying. And you seem to love everything of the world. Spiritually speaking, you have fallen asleep. So these people are the, the members of Sardis. They could prefer we they could be us ourselves. Let's turn to Psalms 13. Psalms 13, the stanza 3. Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, and lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. This is a very beautiful and very important prayer. Lord, consider me. What did he pray to God and wanted God to grant him? Enlighten my eyes. Today our eyes are not enlightened. Our physical eyes can see very clearly. Our spiritual eyes are, are dim. We can't see our own weaknesses. We can't see the hour of the day. We can't see clearly the promises of God. We can't see the perils around us. Our eyes are dim. And next, we are uh, sleeping, and the, we're sleeping the sleep of death. And this pandemic has caused a lot of uh, problems to the people's sleep patterns. When it's time to sleep, they, they will not be sleeping. And in the middle of the night, they will still be up, uh, uh, either um, playing with the computers. And during the day, they will be tired. And they will be sleeping more and more. We know that when someone is about to depart from the world, one of the characteristics is that they tend to sleep more. They have uh, they're less energetic. And even during the day, they don't have any energy. And they'll be sleeping and sleeping until they die. That is the same spiritually. If you're not alert, you'll be sleeping all through your life. Are we like that? So let us wake them up. Let us wake ourselves up. Let us wake up the people around us. Let's do Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. 14. Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And here verse 14 says, Awake you who sleep. But it's difficult for us to wake people who are in deep sleep. Especially sleeping is comfortable. You're, you are heavy in sleep. How do you wake them up? Unless you are shown a very bright light. Sometimes when God wants us to wake up, He will rebuke us. He will give us an experience of pain. He will let us meet with failure. Um, pain. So that we can be awake. So verse 13 is well said. Uh, whatever, uh, all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. It's sometimes like unto little children. If they have not been rebuked by the parents, how would they wake up? If if your parents were complimenting you every day, saying you are wonderful, then they are really indeed not doing you a good service. In the Western culture, in the Western culture, they um, they uh, they stress on the importance of uh, um, giving the children love, and therefore they will not be rebuking the children, rather complimenting them. And the children today are not being rebuked very often. 
and parents have to reason with a two-year-old. How do you reason with a young child? No is no. If you have to rebuke, you rebuke. If you have to strike them, strike them. If you don't rebuke them when you should and you don't strike them when you should, then the children will never wake up. Same thing here that God loves us. The only way to wake up those members in Sardis who are about to die is to wake them up. So sometimes God allowed us to experience failure. Pain. It is for our sake in order to wake us up. Uh, what do you love? Why are you pursuing after the world? What is your conduct like? You have to correct yourself. Let us turn to chapter 3, verse 4. Revelation chapter 3, verse 4. Poor, you have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. It says here that we have to cleanse ourselves. Because in Sardis, there are also a few names who have not defiled their garments. There are two types of garments here. That their own garments that they have not defiled. Your own garments represent your own conduct. You should try to keep them holy. Even though you may not attain 100%, but at least you're not that dirty. And when you have kept your garments clean, then God will give you another white garment. That means God has accepted you completely. We know that we have to wash our clothes every day. Otherwise, they may be spoiled and they may, be, they may smell. Same with us today. We live in this world, we will more or less be influenced by the trends of the world. But God wants us to continuously uh, clean ourselves so that we can be accepted by Him. Let's turn to Ecclesiastes. Chapter 9, verse 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 8. Let your garments always be white and let your head lack no oil. Let your garments always be white. What does your garment represent? We know that people who like to dress in white have to be extra careful, otherwise they soil easily. If you're dressed in black, it's very difficult to spot your soil. And if you wear white, you can see that, that coffee stain, or that ketchup stain. And after we have baptized into the Lord, we were given a white garment. We have to be extra careful with this white garment so that we don't spoil it. Let us not be influenced by the trends of the world. And if you accidentally do spoil your white garment, you should wash it immediately. Repent and ask God to forgive you. Only then you are able to keep this garment white. And God will once again give us a white garment so that we can become even whiter. So we should keep all our spiritual garments be white. But not all of us are white. And sometimes our garments become filthy. Let's turn to Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah chapter 3. Verse 3 to verse 5. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 3 to 5. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. For then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. 
Five and I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and they put on the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. So here the prophet Zechariah saw a vision. While rebuilding the holy temple. The high priest had an important role. 竟然在印象里面，撒迦利亚看到撒迦利亚看到这个大祭司约书亚是穿着污秽的衣服。In the vision, Prophet Zechariah saw this high priest Joshua was clothed with filthy garments.是大，是大祭司，不是一般祭司。Joshua was the high priest, not an ordinary priest.不是普通的百姓。He is not a commoner.神的整个百姓属灵的领导者，最高的领导者。He is the highest leader. In the faith of God, he was supposed to be redeeming sins on God's behalf. What he did to gain this with filthy garments, he would be the only one who knows. The Bible did not tell us what Joshua did. Was he being greedy? Did he fornicate? Was he proud? Did he steal? We don't know. All we knew was that he was standing before God with filthy garments. And God still gave him some respect by not telling us exactly what Joshua did. But here it tells us that God knows Joshua was Clothed with filthy garments. 一开始我们讲过，你可以骗人，但是骗不了神。Earlier, at the very beginning, we mentioned that you can deceive everyone, but you cannot deceive God. 你也骗不了魔鬼。You will not deceive the demons. 魔鬼也知道啊，所以在耶稣亚旁边阻挡他的圣工啊。And Satan knew knew this too, and that is why he was standing beside Joshua, blocking his work. 他的衣服不再干净了。And that is why Joshua was no longer wearing clean garments. 撒迪教会就是这样。This is a situation in Sardis. Not only the members' garments were filthy. The leaders of the church they were also clothed in filthy garments. The clothing on on the preacher is probably filthy as well. The entire church has become filthy. So you 赶紧把衣服弄洁白 And that is why they should immediately clean their garments. 我曾经听过一个见证 I once heard a testimony. 去非洲，非洲的传道人跟我讲。This was testified to me from an African preacher. He said that in his local church there was a He said that in his local church there was a member who had a dream. And in the dream, the member saw an overseas preacher or evangelist came. And at the very beginning, his clothes was white, but as he was longer he stayed there, the more filthy it has become. And the member told the preacher the stream. And the preacher rebuked the member, saying that these overseas preachers and missionaries, they have sacrificed so much to come here to help us. How is it possible? So don't think too much into the dream. So this event, this dream was no longer followed on. Few years later, this overseas missionary was found to have sinned a long time ago. He has hidden it for many years. And when the entire thing was exposed, everyone knew about it. The Holy Spirit has already told some brothers and sisters. And in that in the in dreams, um, he was seen to be wearing filthy garments. And sometimes when we dress in our own filthy garments, we can't change. Because we don't have the strength. What do we do? Let's turn to Zechariah chapter 3. Verse 4. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. 这里使者吩咐站在面前的说。
And here, the messenger told uh, the ones or spoke to the ones who stood before him. You have to help Joshua, who is the high priest. Go and take away the filthy garments from him. Why is it that Joshua could not take it off himself? It's because he couldn't do it. And he couldn't put down his dignity. Or he doesn't have the strength. He refused to acknowledge his sins. For various reasons. Oh, he has been wearing these clothes for so long, he doesn't want to take them off. And therefore, God spoke to the people before him. You are his co workers, you are his friends. Take away his filthy garment. Correct him. Help him. Otherwise, he will not take it off himself. This is genuine love. Genuine love is not to hide someone's faults or to cover one to cover one another. Genuine love is to correct them and to help them. And this is the only way to take away the filthy garments so that he can once again put on clean clothes. And sometimes our clothing is not white enough. We pray to God to let us see the spots. If you can't change, then you pray to God so that the people around you can help you change. And let's take a look how we can gain this white garment. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 11. Chapter 6, verse 11. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer, while both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. Here once again mentioned a white robe. This is not the same garment that uh, was given to members with good conducts. This is a special gift from God and it's specially given to them. Once they put on this robe, all they have to do is wait for the coming of the Lord. Why is it that God has given them this gift of white robe? It is because they have suffered for the Lord. If you suffer for the Lord, the Lord will give you a white robe. At this point, it is the fifth seal has already opened. And generally, um, right now, uh, a common uh, interpretation is that uh, the f- first uh, six seals are open. First four. Uh, first four, sorry. Uh, the first four uh, chapter 6, verse 1 and 2 is the white horse. And traditionally, the white horse is interpreted as the rising of the true church. The second seal. The red horse, which means killings. Warfare. Third seal. A black horse. Where there's inflation. After the war, there's going to be an unstable economy. Fourth seal, the gray horse. A lot of people die. From warfare, from hunger. From pestilence. So generally speaking, these are the interpretations of the four horsemen. Okay. Pestilence has not ended yet, so there could be more. After that, war. And recently we see that in the Middle East, tensions arise again. The conflict between the Palestinians and the Israelis, they may bring about a greater conflict. There is tension between China and the U.S. 
this is not the real beginning. But after it started, the fifth seal, the fifth seal will be open. Let's read verse 9. Chapter 6, verse 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar of the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. 10. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? So when the fifth seal was opened, a lot of people cried out to God. Who are these people? Verse 9 tells us that these people are the souls of those who have been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. When the fifth seal was broken, we will see the coming of the great persecution. We don't have to talk about no church. You probably would lose your life in the in those days. You, you are you are a believer of Christ, I will persecute you. There are people who were even killed. And their souls were crying out to the Lord. How long, O oh Lord, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Can you imagine how tragic many Christians will shed blood? So verse 11 is the coming of the white robe. White robe was given to each of them. And when it was given to them, it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer. To wait a little longer until both in the number of their fellow servants and, and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. At that time, there will be a great persecution. God had predestined a certain number of members who would die. And God has not forsaken them. God has given them a white robe. They were initially dressed in red because of the shedding of their blood. They were under an altar, so an altar is where animals were being sacrificed. Now on the altar are no longer the blood of the animals, but rather the blood of members. And their clothes were all drenched in blood. So they were wearing red, but God will give them a white robe. And these people who were slain on behalf of God will, will be given a white robe. And they will be able to walk with God. They will be able to enter into heavenly kingdom. And reading the book of Revelation is, uh, is actually quite, um, uh, uh, quite an impact to us because it keeps telling us the same message. Be awake to wear white. Change your ways. And perhaps even suffer for the Lord. We have to walk with God. Today, have you walked with God? If you have, then this promise is given to you. Let us sing hymn. Hymn number 359. 